0: Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle.
1: We're in this series called Pre-Decide. Turn your name and say Pre-Decide. Pre-Decide, Dina. Pre-Decide. Pre-Decide, Michelle. Uh, It is all about we are going to make decisions before we're forced to make decisions. We're going to decide to set us up for the greatest amount of blessing that God could have for each and every single one of us. And so this pre-decide series is kind of stirred from this idea that at the beginning of this year, setting ourselves up for success as we journey through the year. First of the year is always about new resolutions, new revolutions. We're going to Change the world with this revolution that we're gonna do. And uh we are trying to, to make changes and because we, we feel like there has to be a change, what a better time to start than the first of the year to make those changes. So people make all kinds of decisions. They make decisions to eat better, they make decisions to uh to work out every single day, they make decisions to uh to spend more time with family, to not be on social media as much. Now, sadly, most of those things are broken in the first seven days. Sadly, so here we are, day 21. Some of you have, you know, blown it. It's okay. I'm gonna have you raise your hand if you've blown it. No, I'm just joking. Don't raise your hand, please. Uh, But we all have these things that we do because what happens is when we see people successful, we want to be like that. We want to, we want to be a part of that success. So we see someone who maybe is successful in life. We go, how do I get that? How do I, how do I get to where they're at? because we see the end result of where they're at. But I want you guys to understand, I started talking about this the very first week. Before we get there, we have to start right here. We have to start with small decisions that lead to a big difference down the road, because that's really what it's all about. It's the little steps you take that come to the culmination of the big step that we see everybody else have. So for example, we see someone who is in good shape in their body, they're, they're fit, they're working out. They didn't get there by just determining in their mind, okay, tomorrow I'm going to work out, and boom, they were there. No, small little steps, small little dis- disciplines, small little uh, sacrifices they made in order to get to small different small things to make a big difference. Our key thought that kind of drives us through this, if you have your notes, you want to write this down. Here's our kind of key thought. It is this. It is, uh, it's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. Everyone wants something in their life, but they don't get it by just deciding to do it it's the small decisions along the way that lead to the big things or the big difference at the end of the day. So the very first week, two weeks ago, I said this. First thing you're going to do is talk, get one word and one verse. And I do this every year. I, I challenge to you every year. But it's really a powerful mind shift for you. If you can come up with the Holy Spirit to give you one word, what's one word that would drive your life this year That was your homework assignment two weeks ago Some of you have not done it yet uh, And you're going to get a, a minus 10 on your grade port Because you didn't do it yet But what is the one word That God would give you And then I challenge you with the backup to that But get a verse to reinforce it Get a verse that sticks inside of you That drives you to that one word uh, Some of you it may be That you were To uh, To uh, to let go. That's two words. Release. Oh, there we go. Release. Uh, you're going to release uh, some bitterness, some anger, some frustration that you have, some, some things that have toxified your soul. You're going to release it to God, and you can find a verse to back that up. Uh, maybe it's to have faith. Maybe it's faith. I just, my faith is really wavering and I don't really know where I stand. And so you're going to have a newfound faith. I don't know what that one word is. I don't want to speak it for you, but God will. God's given all of us a word. He's given me a word of what I'm to do. I haven't shared it with anybody. I just kind of kept it in my soul and prayed about it. And he's given me a verse to back that up because it's one of those things that are very personal to me. And I honestly, whenever he started speaking it to me, I was like, whew, don't know if I like that word, God. That's a hard one. But... Through the power of his spirit, I believe that he will help us overcome. So, get your word, get your verse to go along with. That's the first thing I started talking about. Pre decide your one word, your one verse. Today, it's a tough subject because we're going to talk about our thoughts. How to pre decide and predetermine how we're going to allow our thoughts to shape our life. Here's what Proverbs 23 says. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 23. It says, as a person thinks in their heart, so they are. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As a woman thinks in her heart, so she is. As you think, you are. You are what your thoughts think about you and about other people. Let's pray. Father God, help us today with the thoughts. These thoughts consume us, they control us, they guide the water course of our life if we're not careful. So many times these thoughts are emotional, these thoughts are not logical, so many times these thoughts definitely have nothing to do with you, God. So I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would open our minds to hear this truth today and that, Lord, you would help us today to truly surrender our thoughts to you. Be with us, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thought. Say it again. Your life will always be determined by the strongest thought that you have in your life. If you think you can't, you never will. If you think bad is going to happen, guess what? It will always come around. If, if you think I'm never gonna amount to anything, you never will. Not I'm not preaching today about a, a, a new age mumble jumble where if you think it no, no. Because here's the truth. On the other hand, if you think about good and you think about you can, you will. Through the power of God If you believe that you are an overcomer You are not an overcomer in yourself But you are an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ Right? You all hear me today? So here's the challenge If our strongest thought determines the direction in the water course of our life What is your strongest thought? What is it? What do your thoughts say about you or about somebody else? Because guess what? Your strongest thought is going to determine where you go in your life. So I have on your paper there, if you have your programs, get them out. On the back, I have a thought audit for you. A thought audit is where you're going to audit your life, like a CPA audits your taxes. You're going to audit your thoughts in your life. And I want you to do it on a scale and be honest. Hey, I'm not taking these up. These are for you. This is between you and Jesus, okay? But I do want to give you some explanation before you jump into the thought audit. First off, first category, three categories we're going to look at. Worry versus peaceful. Worry versus peaceful. Peaceful. So here's the deal. Uh, Over the past week or two weeks since we've been together, have your thoughts leaned more to worry or more to peace? Worried about maybe your job worried about your health, or worried about your family, or worried about your future? Uh, Do you tend to be more worried, or do you tend to find more peace? That even in the middle of very trying times, in the middle of very discouraging times, you still have the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, and you don't understand how, but there just seems to be peace. Which one are you? Are you a more worried person, or are you a more peaceful person? Where do you, where's your, this is in your thought life. In your thought life, are you, you may look all right on the outside. You may look very peaceful on the outside, but inside, maybe you're consumed with worry about everything. You name it, it's there. Bam, worry is right there. So that, here's the question, grade yourself, which one do you lean more towards You to? And right now, just take a second and write down what your number is. Are you more of a worried person or more of a, in your thought life or more of a peace of God, peaceful person? Okay. And trust me. It doesn't matter really what you say. Even if you say, I'm like a 10, I'm the worried side. That's okay. That's what this message is about today, all right? Next, negative thoughts versus positive thoughts. Negative thoughts versus positive thoughts. Which one do you tend to lean more towards? Um, Negative would be a cup half full person. Uh, complaining, always complaining, always critical, critical of people, critical of policies, critical of politics, critical, critical, critical. Uh, which one are you? are you? more critical? I mean, some people that I know, uh, they're unhappy in their life or they're a negative person in their life and they say, well, if I get married, I'll be more positive. And then they get married and they're like, huh, this didn't work. Maybe if I have kids, this will make me a more positive person to have kids. and you find out I want some different kids, right? I got the wrong kids here, you know? Uh, which one are you? I, I, a better job. I had a better job. I'd be a more positive person if, if I had more money in the bank. Well, then I'd find security, and then I'd be a positive person. Which one do you find yourself as? Positive. Are you, are you more? You see the best in people. Even the worst of the worst. You think, you know what? Some trauma must have really happened in their life to take them to that place. You have, you have a positive outlook on people. You are sunshine on a snowy, icy, cold, negative degree day, right? That's you. Do you step out in it, then you're not so positive. <laughs> you are the God is good all the time, and if God is good all the time, that means he has good for me. I'm a positive person. So grade yourself. Take a second or two. Grade yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. Which one are you? Are you a more negative person, more of a positive person? You could wind up somewhere in the middle. That's totally fine, too. The last category is worldly versus eternal. Are you more worldly-minded or more eternally-minded? Now, we're always going to say in the Christian church, well, I'm very eternally-minded. Okay, but let's just kind of put context to this. What consumes your thoughts when it comes to stuff, when it comes to things, when it comes to clothing and tech and uh, cars and and, ...and just things that you acquire. Are you more about the worldly things? Are you more about the things here and now, the temporal things that make you satisfied? Or are you more about the eternal things, the things you can't see? Investing in the kingdom, investing beyond this world. Which do you lie on the scale? Um, all you want is what God wants, and if God wants every dollar that I have and I make, then that's what I'm going to do because it's not for me. It's for God's glory, and so therefore... I will do whatever God wants you to do. Are you more worldly, more eternal? Where are you at in the thought scale? Go ahead and write your scale down on there, okay? Why are we doing this? Because you have to know where your thoughts are in order to determine where your direction is gonna be in the future. If you don't know where you're at, you never will know where you're going. You have to understand, it's okay. Hey, listen, if you got a 10 in worry and you got a 10 in negativity and you got a 10 in, uh, in, in the worldly things, that's okay. Guess what? All of us struggle on somewhere in the spectrum of all of these thoughts. And not one of us are ever perfect in how we think about and what our thoughts are. But, the, but remember, your strongest thought determines who you become. Our lives are directed by our thoughts, by how we think about things, how we think about people. As a person thinks in their mind and in their heart, they will become. This is all part of the journey of our thoughts. And can I just say, honestly, in our world today, we are living in the most dissatisfied generation in history. There is nothing... It's, we can work tirelessly trying to make other people happy, trying to make other people find fulfillment. It'll never happen, guys. You know why? Because the end game, the end game is not happiness. The end game is not stuff. The end game is contentment, settled at rest in Christ. Paul said it. Whether I am well fed or whether I am starving, whether I am clothed or I'm stripped down to nothing, I have learned the secret of being content. What was it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the power of of thoughts. And 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 Paul knew this. Paul knew that in a world that's gonna pull at you and gonna try to distract you, in a world that's gonna try to tell you this is the way to think, this is how you need to behave, this is what you need to look like. This is the, the perfect family. This is what the family looks like. You know? This is the right car to drive, this is the right house to live in. When the world pulls at us and, and tries to determine what that looks like, here's what Paul said: look at this: Romans chapter 12, verse 2. He says. Do not copy the behaviors and customs, what? Of this, come on guys, you gotta preach along with me today. I'm really doing a good job today. Come on now. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way we think. This is the power of God's word. Stop trying to mimic your friends. Stop trying to be who they are. I want to be the weirdest guy there. If I'm just like all them, I'm mimicking them. I'm doing what they... No, weird, man. Different. Stop. This is what he says again. He says, do not copy the behaviors of this, customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By what? Then by the way you think he says then you will learn to know god's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect so when i stand before god i live my life to the glory of god not to the glory of anyone else that's in my life do you hear that I know so many times uh, women who are trying to change their husband's thoughts. I'm telling you, ladies, you can't do it. You can't change the way they think. Trust me, you can't, right? I know so many times when I'm in uh, couples counseling before they get married, and I'll say, well, what? What do you love about them? And they're just ooze and goos, and it's like a puddle on the floor, all those things. I said, what don't you like about them? Nothing. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. No, it's it's just they, and so many times I've had these women sit in my office, and I would say, well, does this bother you? Well, yeah, but that'll change.
0: (laughs) All right.
1: Powerful woman right there. (laughs) Right? This this is the truth of the scripture God changing the way we think He has to change And he tells us And we learn what his will is for us Personal, individual His good, his pleasing And thank you God His perfect will Because trust me In a world full of many, many directions Only his will will survive So How do we work with our thoughts? Let's just Everybody do me a favor Close your eyes for a second. Just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. What is that strongest thought, good or bad, in your life? What is it? Father, help us. Help us to hear these next points that's going to help us capture and see that thought destroyed in the name of Jesus. Here it is. Open your eyes to me. Number one, how do we overcome those negative, uh, worrisome, uh, worldly thoughts? How do we help, how do we overcome them? Number one, first thing is this, we have to capture destructive thoughts. We have to capture the destructive thoughts, the thoughts that are destroying us from the inside out. The worry, the negative, the worldly, the thoughts that are trying to elevate itself, we have to capture them. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three and three through five says, "I love these verses it says, "Though we live in the world, we do not wage world war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine power." to what? Say this with me. Say to demolish strongholds. Now remember that. Demolish. That means to destroy. That means to knock down. That means to totally annihilate. Demolish. A a building as tall as it can be is demolished to the ground. This is what this means. Now it goes on to say it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the what? The knowledge of God. We take, say it with me, we take we take captive every thought, and what do we do? We make it obedient to Christ. This is the power of our thoughts. The power of our thoughts build up inside our lives, and they develop a stronghold that only Christ can destroy. You can try to say all day long, "Okay, I'm not going to have that thought anymore," but I'm going to tell you right now: only Christ can destroy and demolish that wall of thinking in your life. And I like what it says. It says, we demolish every argument and particular. Think about this. This is not speaking of external arguments. This is internal. In your mind, arguments with yourself. Always arguing with yourself. Think about it. How many arguments do you have with yourself? Well, that, I could think, you have this thought, and then you negotiate that thought because that thought, that's too ugly. I don't like that thought. Then you negotiate. And he's like, well, that could be true. And you go back and forth. These arguments are not external. These are internal. The arguments inside your mind. The battle that rages and wages up here. This is the battlefield. This is the war. This is what happens when we allow our minds to be in control and our thoughts in control of life. But here's what it says. It says, we demolish every argument, every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I think about this. I think about when when I hear that take captive and make obedient to Christ. I think about just a complete surrender. I think about whatever that thought is. Making it bow to Jesus Christ. It cannot stand in your mind and in your heart if Christ reigns there. It must obediently surrender To the lordship of Jesus Christ. This is what so many of us miss out on in life. So many of us miss out. We allow our thoughts to control us. We allow our thoughts to control our emotions. We allow our thoughts to control our behavior, our externals, how we behave, how we interact, how we treat people. We allow our emotions, our thoughts to drive all that instead of Jesus Christ. Instead of surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Instead of taking captive those thoughts and forcing them to surrender to Jesus Christ. It is the, it is the picture that I see in my own mind, and it's just my mind, of, of a, 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 a ravenous dog who's out of control and, and biting and chewing and, and aggressively hurting every person in its place. It is the idea I have when the leash is put around its neck and it is brought to submission to the the person of control over it. This is the mental image I want you to see. The thoughts in our head are like a ravenous uncaged animal in our lives and if we do not ask and call on Christ to bring that into submission, it will always control our lives. It will always drive us And I get passionate about it because so many Christians are locked in a thought that kills their life instead of looking for the glory of God and saying, Jesus Christ, I don't know why I have this thought, but it's crumbling me, it's hurting me, help me. And He comes and He gets that animal and He brings it into submission. This is the power of Jesus Christ. You're unworthy, you're ugly, you're disgusting. Words that are not of God. Words that he would never speak about his creation. Because the scripture says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Divinely designed by God and his thoughts of who he wants you to be. Thoughts must bow to Jesus Christ. You are not an overcomer by you. You are an overcomer by the blood of Jesus and who Jesus Christ is, is in your life. You have to capture not through your own strength, but through the surrender. When that thought comes up, here's my challenge to you. When that thought comes up, whatever that destructive thought is, whatever that overwhelming thought is, when it comes up, you say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that thought is not of you. So Jesus, take it now. Take it. It is yours. I release it to you. And you may have to do that a hundred times a day. You may have to do that every second that you breathe. But eventually it will find submission. To the foot of Jesus Christ. I'll clap for myself. That's a great point. Come on, guys. This is life-freeing truth. The thought the thought life that destroys us happens in here because we don't surrender it to Christ. And we don't ask him to take it and make it submit. So number one, we must... Uh, Capture every destructive thought that comes into our mind. Second thought is this when we capture that thought, when we take that thought and we we make it submit to Christ, bow down to Jesus, then we focus on eternal things. We shift our mind. We have to fill that negative thought that's been in your life for however long. You need to fill it with something else. You need to refocus it and focus on what God has on, on eternal things. Here's what Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. It says, dear, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, he says. Fix your what? Fix your, fix your what? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then, then the God of peace will be with you. Then he will come and calm your soul. In my life, the greatest demon that I have had to fight has been the fear of financial loss. It stems from way back when I was a child and my family went through financial uh, stress. Um, I remember that uh, years ago, whenever I was in college and I was trying to make ends meet, trying to raise a family, trying just to survive, uh, that I took on a lot of debt. Didn't want to, just what I I felt like I had to do. And I'll never forget the time, the place that I was at, that I felt destroyed in my thoughts. I was a failure. I put my family in a financial place that we were never going to get out of. At least that's what my thoughts were. My thoughts were so anxious, so overwhelmed. I would look at my newborn son and daughter and I would say, they have no future because of stupid decisions you made. This is what my thoughts were. What kind of father are you that you're passing down a curse to your kids? Why have you stepped into this? And I felt so unworthy. felt broken. I was discouraged. These destructive thoughts, they haunted me. Didn't share a lot with my family. Didn't tell Michelle a whole lot of them. Just Worked through them in my own thought life, and in my own thought life, that scripture that that said before the arguments went on and on. They would go and they would be like, You're gonna do okay, and then be like, You're a failure. You did what you had to do, but you could have done a little bit more. Sure, you're working three jobs, but you know, you could probably find room for four. You gotta do something because your family's gonna starve. These are all the thoughts that I wrestled with in my own personal journey. And I struggled because I knew I don't want to lose my family because I made stupid decisions. And I remember laying, and I've told this story, I've laid on all my debt. My friends were saying, claim bankruptcy. My friends were saying, file But I knew that God wanted me to be faithful and loyal to what I committed to do and be a man of my word. And God said, spoke, hey, Kev, you're not alone, and you're not gonna go through this without me. I'll never forget where I was at, the time and place where I was at, that I felt like God just spoke into my soul. He said, fix your thoughts on me and watch what I can do. And I made a commitment to God. I made some changes in my own personal finances and how I do things. And I had I, I started to live lean, give generously, put God first, PGF, put God first in finances. And I remember watching God just pick me up. It took time. It took time. It took years. It took dedication. It took a lot of no's. It took a lot of times when I wanted the things that other people had that God was like, not right now not yet this is before Dave Ramsey that's why when I hear about Dave Ramsey and I hear what he says I go ha that's what I knew I, I knew that but I couldn't say that dang I should have come up with that I could have been a millionaire by now right he, there was something about God that did something in me that shifted my idea my thoughts my thoughts became more about okay I've I'm in this, but God, you can rescue me out. I'm overwhelmed, but you can give me life. I feel suffocated, but you are my breath that I need in this moment in time. And through time and through patience, God brought me through it. To where, do I still struggle with that thought of financial insecurity? Yes, absolutely. I'm a, some people call me cheap. I think I'm frugal. I think it's a better word. Uh, I, I hey, why pay retail I just love it it's great it's like the rummage sale of the online it's, it's, it's like the story of the buzzards versus the hummingbirds are you a buzzard or are you a hummingbird buzzards what do they do they feed on dead things hummingbirds look for fresh new nectar look for new life new things which one are you buzzards eat anything. They eat squirrels. They eat birds. Anything that's dead, they'll eat. Where a hummingbird finds what's new. It's how you shift your focus. You ever bought a car and when you buy a car, you get this car and you think, hot dog, I got a nice new car. There's no one that's got this car like this. And you get on the road and you see all the cars that look just like your car and it's your car. They made more than one. Why is it? Because you're focused. You refocus your energy. Now you notice things. This is what I mean by focusing focus on things that are of God. So, in the morning when you wake up, instead of jumping on your social media, challenge you, instead of jumping on your social media and seeing what's happening, break out your Bible app and maybe put some word inside of you instead of the world inside of you. Let Him fill up your cup. Uh, instead of jumping on a phone call and talking to somebody about your day or whatever, maybe take it to the Lord in prayer because there may be some things that you're not supposed to share, some things that are you're not supposed to talk about, focus on your one word, your one verse, repeat it, memorize it, uh, put it inside your soul music, change your channel, put it on Caleb or the mix out of Quincy and break the knob off, I don't even have a knobs anymore but you know what I mean Focus on the stuff that's going to fill your soul and build you up. Focus on it. Uh, when your mind speaks untrue things, trash it. Say it's not of God. Capture those thoughts and focus on Jesus Christ. Your homework for this week was, the first week was one word, one verse. This week is, what's that one thought I had you think about a while ago? What is it? Let's do it again. Close your eyes. What's that one thought that keeps tearing you down? Find that thought. Discover that thought. And I want you just to right now say, Father, help me. I ask you, Jesus, take captive this thought that's trying destroy my life if I'm being led by the strongest thought in my life then God this thought is leading me down a road of stress anxiety and fear and I cannot journey that any longer open your eyes for me the thoughts in our lives direct the direction that we go so what are we supposed to do we will not, tra- not be transformed by the customs of this world, but will be transformed by the power of Christ within us. We do not fight like the world fights. We wage war within our minds, and we ask Jesus Christ to come over and subdue the battles in our minds. Bow your heads to me today as we go to God in prayer. Father God, help us today to truly know that as a person thinks, so we are. If we believe that we're never going to be anything, if we believe that we're a nobody, if we believe we never can, we never will, God. But God, I do pray, just as that illustration I just painted a while ago, that ravenous thought inside of our mind that's trying to destroy everyone and everything in my life, that ravenous animal how I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would come and take it captive. And you would take the brokenness of my mind, the brokenness of my thoughts, and Jesus Christ, you would do a miracle inside of me. You would set me free from my thoughts, pick up the broken pieces of my life, transform me and make me new by your amazing, amazing grace renew our minds in you God thank you that you are the keeper of our thoughts and life
0: all these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered man did it
1: over them. But we have to call on you. We have to surrender them to you, God, every second of every minute of every day. God, we must take catch of those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. So Lord, I pray this week that as we go through our life, as we have thoughts come in and go out, help us to always keep in mind who the true overcomer is. That you have overcome it all. So we can trust you to overcome in our own lives. So God, when those bad reports come our way, whenever things come in and kind of play with the thoughts inside of our mind, the war that is raging inside there, God, how I pray that we would be mindful to hear these words as a person thinks, so they are. But we can make them obedient to Christ. Surrender to you. So Lord, watch over us today. Keep us in your hands. Thank you. Thank you. For loving us thank you for being there for us thank you for knowing our thoughts and being gracious to us truly grateful for your amazing grace that changed us from the inside out pray you go with us and keep us in your hands till we come together again in jesus name and everybody said
0: You have been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa, with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com.